0: I think we just keep it simple. We're just like, hey, welcome to the 43rd Annual Niches Awards with your host Dent, co presented by Casa. We're here, as always, with the awards for the best in tabletop for this year. Um, there's no real comparison or champion to what we all- offer, so that's why you keep coming back year after year after year after year. And we appreciate you. Fortified Niche.
1: Hey, 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 everyone. As you might understand from the opening joke, this is a very, very, very special episode of Fortified Niche. This is me, the podcast host, JC Dent, and I am joined by my co-host, Kassa.
0: Hello. I'm also here, excited, as always, for our very special episode, the first of probably a couple <laughs>
1: Yeah, because uh, this podcast uh, turns a year old at this point. We have been doing this thing and hopefully greeting you with our jokes and japes and then criticism and sharp-eyed uh, observations for a year now. I-, I hear this is a very critical point for many a young fledgling podcast, and uh, seeing how we're still here, uh, the odds are good uh, that we're going to stay here for quite some time.
0: Apparently, And shout out to Duffo for inspiring this whole thing by calling me out on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, uh, it's very nice when you have uh, people who believe in you outside of, you know, yourself. When somebody says like, you know, hey, man, go out there and do something. And like me and... We can't uh, all be direct smart. We can't all just believe ourselves in spite of uh, d- despite uh, all the objective proof that you're not wor- you- you're not that great. But uh, yeah, so this is the, the uh, Fortified Niche birthday anniversary special episode. And we are presenting our Nishi Awards the some of the best games and game features that we noticed and talked about during our year in podcasting
0: Yeah, some we've covered some really really cool games and some stuff we didn't love as much and some things we loved an awful lot and then realized man i hate this setting but it's okay it's all a learning process hopefully you've enjoyed Coming to grips with what we like and realizing how that affects how that changes compared to your taste and so our reviews are useful to you, even if you don't agree with us, because we're not here to be agreed with, we're here to present our opinions and thoughts and reviews as completely and 100% objectively correct, like all art is.
1: Yep, yep, Uh, we are correct, we are right. And everything I said is literally the objective truth because I said it and posted it online, and nobody would lie or be wrong on the internet.
0: Never experienced that at all, no.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. Everyone's everyone's really serious online. People should light it up, maybe crack a joke a few or two a few times, maybe try some risque humor. I don't know. Has anyone tried that? Being funny online?
0: No, it's not worked out for me at all. Okay, so let's activate. This presentation with our best activation
1: system. Airhorn, airhorn, air And next, next year we're gonna have a Patreon and spring for a bouzouliella, so that it would be both annoying and nobody would understand what we're doing. Well, that's, I mean, we're uh,
0: Australian, Lithuanian; no one understands what we're saying anyway. so.
1: Yeah. 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 So best activation meta, uh, if you ever, if you ever, if you started like your miniature wargaming in like 40k, you don't know what activation is because it's not a thing in that game. It's essentially, uh, but many other so games, I go first
0: and kill your dudes, right? That's what activation
1: yeah, 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 means. Like alpha strikes. <laughs> yeah, but, but many games are surprisingly unwilling to give one player the go of the game for like half an hour before the other player has to do any something but rolling and failing saves and removing their own miniatures. And uh, best activation methods are uh, are might be a contentious subject, but uh, luckily we uh, we played a few games that put their own funny, funny, well, fun twists on 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 the system. And to start it off, we're going to talk about one of our most recent reviews. It's Musket and Tomahawks.
0: Yeah, which does, I'm sure a lot of historical gamers are quite familiar with this sort of thing, where you have, like, you draw from a deck of cards for your activations. Um, So you get to go first or second, and you have, like, your commanders and your leaders and stuff. Um, We really like this one because it streamlined that a lot more than what some of those do, and just made it... Just simpler. Just you have your unit and the unit types, and then that's basically. And then two special cards. It's yeah. Yeah.
1: It it works so well. (laughs) Yeah, uh, even if you even if you like, you know, uh, you draw your hand of three cards, and if you have enemy cards, that's fine. You can, you can, you you still have some benefit from playing them for making the enemy activate. You get those command points, which are used for special activations. Then. And you can force the enemy's hand by saying like, oh, you just activated your regulars to get them in a good overwatch position or something. Well, take that, you uh, British scum. Uh, you're going to have to move your regulars again. And if you don't, you, you've you just wasted one activation card that I just played. This so,
0: Yeah, and it, just, it works. Um, and speaking of wasting cards, this is not a test. We get to roll for AP where you're just rolling your dice, adding your score in most traditional gaming methods. And if you beat the number, you get your full AP. If you don't beat the number, you get an AP. And if you roll the good number, you get an extra AP, which streamlines it and makes it fast. It can be tiring with a lot of guys, but if you've got a smaller crew, like 5 versus 5, it feels... it's really quick, it's really speedy, and it's simple enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, the whole rolling uh, critical and getting another AP is basically an FAQ thing at this point but Mm. in general it's a good it's a good enough system Uh, makes metal for even a to be an even bigger god stat than it is but uh, yeah uh, it it, it is fun You, you 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 have to choose the guy to you have to choose the guy to activate and also if you fail that activation your guy can only carry out one one action and then to play passes to the opponent.
0: Yeah. um, And then, by comparison, with your special crit roles for AP, you have Batman, where you get to assign the critical... You get to assign the criticals at the start of the turn, essentially. Yeah. You get to pick four guys, so you get three actions, as opposed to everyone else getting one action. Um, It's just... It's really simple, and it makes your big guys who want actions really really important you can also put any little guys so they can then move and stab in kind of surprising manner um it does highlight the panel the sort of downsides of some characters though who don't have a good third action who can just like if you i walk up and i shoot you as opposed to i walk up i hulk out and then i punch you real good yeah that and sort of feel like a waste of an act- waste of an audacity but it's it's a good like pick and choose like your choices matter at the start. Unless you're playing the Joker when everyone has audacity, and it's like, mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but then the guys who don't have a good third action be potentially useful if you want to do some sort of the objective card, which lets down, puts down tokens or something. Uh, totally, the, the,
0: it's it's more like your um your big free agents, like King Shark yeah. doesn't have a good special, so giving him audacity, where he's just walking forward and biting you. Kind of feels like you're wasting a third of the options, where like a henchman could walk up. So, so, like, um, this is why infiltrate ops so good because they can walk forward, they can put a thing down, then they can shoot you, then they can hack the thing they put down four inches, and it's like every time they're activating with velocity, they're doing an incredible amount of stuff that always feels like they're pushing you towards whatever victory objectives you're playing towards. As opposed to a character who can do two things, but you spent three to do it, and it's like, oh, it's not efficient.
1: <laughs> And the uh, audacity, I think, is a f- fairly cool name for the system. Uh, yeah. Who dares wins. Hmm. Uh, and uh, a game that's all about daring and winning is Infamy. Infamy, which has a system kind of similar to muskets and tomahawks, though the I think the card draw is much uh, more neutral. And this is a system where cards are assigned to the leaders you have, or in case of supranumerical leaders, leaders you don't really have. They're just quantum leaders existing in some sort of quantum suspended leaderly state. But yeah, this game also has unpredictable turns and unpredictable activations because it's a deck of cards, you can hardly know what's going to come next and you don't know when the turn ends, so you can never feel safe. Uh, yeah, that's good, that's good. You activate the leader, the leader activates their dudes. Uh, it's uh, the good Lardy stuff with a bit of a new twist for Infamy Infamy.
0: Yeah, the um, the activation cards being in your hand at the start of the game, and then as you spend them, you've got to wait for the the card to send them back into your deck, back into your hand, or your opponent making you discard them from the table. It's, um, it's very interesting, and it feels really good, because you can either turn a unit on, or you can boost another one, and it's it's an interesting uh, activation choice. You get to make most a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, the cards that get spent from your hand and don't return to your hand is a very interesting thing for a game to do. Uh, yeah, speaking yeah. speaking of cards, what uh, what game is better to feature cards than a Wild Western Adventure with Vampires? Yeah, we're talking about Dracula's America and the poker card activations.
0: Yeah, but you have your um. Basically, you have your deck, and you get to play the card. Cards have face values and stuff, so up to 13. And you can play the highest one. If you both play the same card, I believe there is a special event that happens, but it seems kind of unlikely. Because um, it's not matching face values, it's matching like suits as well. So if I play uh, like a king of aces, and you play a king of hearts, that's not the same card, so nothing happens. But if we both play king of aces, somehow, we might have like zombies appear, or the townsfolk have enough of us, and they start shooting as well. And it's like the, the cards are coming out of your hand so that the, the cards you'll be using for like the whole game. So you decide if you want to be... Yeah, so you have your hand of cards. Um, you draw them up. a amount of cards equal to half the number of cards in your posses. You get an extra card if your boss is alive. Um, you play cards and play spaces in the discard pile that don't ever come back as far as I've seen. Um, and then the action phase is where you both play a card to determine who gets through the first activation. So once you've each had an activation, we keep doing it until someone has no cards or someone can keep playing cards. Um, and then you if only one player has models left to activate you just keep going with them um, yeah and it's it's simple like it encourages you to sort of like do a little bit of poker bluffing like oh is it a three or is it a 19 you don't know unless you've been paying attention to the crap I've been throwing out all game
1: yeah uh, and since, and if you even if you don't do card counting, you can say you can consider like oh I have a very high value card and I should probably keep it for for when it is critical for me to do the activation, rather than just going high uh, right out of the uh, straight out of the gate. Or maybe you really need to go hard straight out of the gate, so then you play the big card. Hmm. Yeah, nothing
0: feels better than playing a um, an ace of hearts, and then your opponent plays an ace of spades, and you're like, oh, that's right, black cards trump red cards in this game. Crap. <laughs> Blown my cool car for no reason, and you're like, "Well, can't do that again." Um, yeah, and it's like it works, and it feels good, and it feels like you're doing like Western any things to do it, and it's you know, it it does kind of limit how many guys you get to activate as well in an interesting manner.
1: Yep, yep, yeah, but you know what game doesn't really limit how many guys you, games gays guys guys you you will activate. Pally which relies on the director
0: Oh, the director such a good idea it's such a good idea so um, yeah, uh, well, the person with the initiative just picks the model that goes next
1: yep that, that that's that, that's it that's as simple as that you if you are assigned to be director by the scenario or you win the roll-off again it all depends on what the scenario says you get to choose which miniatures activate your miniatures, the other players' miniatures, the other other players' miniatures, as the game insists on being multi multiplayer. Uh, mm. so, so yeah, it's fairly easy, and you can u- use your the director rights if the other guy rolls that well in combat. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's fairly simple, and it is nice, and it and it also allows you to do mind games and all that sort of neat stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's fun, because you can just force your opponent to activate, which is neat. Yeah, so... Pop Alley just picked the opponent's models, they decide what, when you're picking, you can pick whatever you want in the most frustrating manner. So, hey, I think your um, button pusher should, should go first before my big beater walks up to them, because that makes it better for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pull Alley, actually a good game. Who could have guessed? <laughs> and uh, for trying to guess who is... Uh, go- who, who goes next? You have to have a, a turn initiative uh, role determination system. That's right, uh, ladies, lads, and NBs. It's uh, the uh, best uh, turn initiative category in the niches. Whap, 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 whap. It's
0: completely different from the last one, we swear. Yep, yep. Um. Yeah, we'll start with the first one we have in the list. Are we deciding who's the best one out of these categories? No,
1: no. These are all just these are all just uh, cool games for uh, cool people.
0: Everyone wins,
1: except the guys we didn't mention. Mm, <laughs> Implicitly, they lose.
0: They're um equal last. Okay, yeah. Um, and our uh, first best turn initiative it's code one. where you just have your your lieutenants have a you know their willpower roll. You make the willpower roll. If you equal the willpower roll, you've crit, and you've won. Unless your opponent also crits, then you roll again. If you roll higher, but under your stat, you win. Unless your opponent rolls under, but higher than you, then they win. Yeah, Which and... I know. I am rolling I, repeatedly.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Infinity stuff is fairly neat. Because... Uh, infinity gold one stuff because hey it uh, it makes your lieutenant an even more important uh, army building choice in 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 the Mm. game and like you know those willpower differences might be minute but boy do they sometimes feel so big
0: yeah the difference between like willpower 12 willpower 14 can be a lot and then you have like willpower 17 on some of the horrifying critters and you're like oh this is gonna be a hard one but Hey, yeah. we'll power yeah.
1: seventeen. You can still roll the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And considering that infinity is initiative, not well, I don't know if you could just call it initiative. Uh, rolling the under lieutenant skill determines so much in the start of the game, like who, hmm. who sets up, who goes first, and all, yeah. uh, and all that good jazz. It's, it's. I think it's a really nice touch. I think it's nice.
0: Yeah, picking first turn or picking sides is. Really, there's no real penalty for losing, and then, obviously, when you get to pick which one of those they want, but picking to deploy second can be a, a, a huge um, reactionary pain because you've got to you, know, you, you can deploy aggressively and be ready for all those AROs, but you're not guaranteed to win those AROs. <laughs> yeah, like yep. Ah, I'll put my HRMG, HMG TRO bot right here, looking at your big guy. And, oh god, I've lost the first dice roll. Oh well,
1: <laughs> dice rolls will kill you in Infinity.
0: And okay, then we have Carnaval, where you roll your command stat in dice, looking for sevens or higher, which is like a real test in the game, which is really clever. Um, but that is a stat that is going to be lowered during the game, except for specific skills and abilities that are relatively rare. So you might start out with rolling five dice, looking for sevens or better, and then at the end of turn three or four you're, looking, you're rolling one dice, <laughs> trying to do better. Um, yeah, and it's just you're wrong enough to ask that it feels there is a degree of market improvement to having higher command and saving your command versus someone who's spending their command all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, that, that that tension about uh, spending your command to get better results now versus saving up your command to like get initiative later on, mm. I think is a good tension to have in a game. Uh, like, I, I I think it's always good that there when there's some sort of insecurity or like you know you when you're not sure that your troops are going to even attempt to do what you want them to do so so that, yeah. that 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 is a fine way to make it happen without making it frustrating
0: and it's a fun way to sort of measure like the control a leader might have over their forces, essentially where like you can bleed the drive command for his army and so like he has to become reactive to what you're doing or he can have like his um right who's command instead which is yeah. also kind of cool
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so and and having a fluid uh, command stat that also impacts so uh, on uh, on table powers is good because I I, 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 I think it's really good to have a stat or something that just does one thing in game and then nothing else uh, yeah and so like if you use every part of the buffalo if you if if, if, if there are several things, preferably equally several things tied to each stat, then it's uh, fine, good, and potentially even cool.
0: Makes your choices matter, and choices should be mattering. Uh, yeah, and then we had pop Alley again, but I think their turn initiative doesn't... So, pop Alley's turn initiative is interesting, even though it is also one of the, a really cool activation methods. it's cool turn method as well. Because first, at the start, like you said, you roll or it's decided for you based on the scenario, but it's also changing all the time. If you lose a fight, you lose you lose the director status. If you if you pick up a push a button and get a reward, you become the director, um, and then it's you to then you get to decide all the tires. You get to decide all the initiatives at the end, and then do the first cleanup and stuff. And it's so fluid and it goes back and forth so much, and it just feels like it's constantly relevant. Um, without being lots of rolling for it. I mean, there's lots of rolling to decide it, but like, once it's there, it's kind of like, well, now I am. It can completely shift the dynamic of the fight, and it's interesting because lots of games don't let you do that. You don't have an Argo Ego system where all of a sudden I'm going back-to-back. Back. Like
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, say, Sigmar or whatever, you just roll a dice, and what you did on the table doesn't really matter. Meanwhile, Pulp Pally says, oh, you don't have initiative? Well, you are doubly interested in both uh, figuring out objectives and punching dudes in the face because hey if you don't have initiative uh, losing combat uh, is less punishing for you than it is for guy for, for the other guy who might lose combat and also lose initiative so yeah that's nice and having having uh the guy who determines who goes next to change but in the middle of the turn and potentially a few times and the turn is actually fairly interesting
0: yeah and um interesting things are all we look for really in more games reasons to play your game you don't want just the one in the back of the box but if you were to put one unique thing on the back of these box these games have a really good one thing to put in the back of the box
1: yeah, the, because this is the category w- which we called Best Unique Thing Mechanic to Steal whop, whop, whop. Sometimes uh, more than one Yeah, sometimes more than one Because uh, we we are lucky to often review games that have more than one thing going for them So to start off with uh, Reality's Edge uh, Steal the Civilians uh, because oh, The Civilians are so good Yep. Yep. A
0: battlefield that feels alive. Yeah. stops you feeling like big tough motorcycles and being like, oh no, there's guy's watching us and they're here and uh, I don't really want to shoot a person.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, what? What? We're not fighting on a spherical cow. This battlefield isn't sanitized and like there's no 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 live people here. Nope. Uh, civilians and in Infinity's Edge exist as both individuals and uh, groups, and you can. Sort of teleport between groups, and there are various interactions with them, up to including civilians drawing a gun on you.
0: Yeah, we can um, just spawn more sometimes with different hacking devices. It's just yeah, it it's kind of yeah, it's it's such a well done system for such a interesting idea, and it's weird it's not in any other games.
1: Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I that this is not a test. why not
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes like you have civilians as a special thing in, say, Force on Force, but this game has mm. much more interesting and organic integration of civilians into the gameplay.
0: Yeah, and it works incredibly well. They're incredibly streamlined, and there's very little... They provide friction to the battlefield while not themselves being a source of contention in using them. They are simple, they're easy, they're reliable. And the rules for them... Fit in like three pages, so and that's mostly tables, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's, 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 yeah. There's one thing you can't escape in tabletop uh, miniature board games, and that's table mm. tables. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried for the dad, I tried for the dad choke, and I lost. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, we love tables, we love lardy tables. Lardy tables are some of the sturdiest in the business, yeah. And if, if me's morale really lets you feel like. What you're doing matters to people.
1: Yeah, infamy. Infamy has the morale table, kinda like the Chain of Commanders, where anything anything bad that happens uh, to the uh, to your force has a potential to drive the for the uh, the force morale down, and that is great. Far too many games have two sides going at it. At a uh, well, let's say predictable pace. So sometimes just fighting to the death with a, without any care in the world, and sometimes like your morale is something you remember eventually, like in Infinity, like, hey, I, I went under 25% points of my guys. And That's it, the game for me. Uh, Infamy is a lot more fun because it's I. It only it even has like leaders getting disgraced on the battlefield as uh, yeah. so, something of an event
0: um just, to, just like shock building up to matching wounds and then once that happens it's like oh hang on a second <laughs> mm-hmm. we're all in a bad spot um just pushing back skirmishes in a way that feels really natural um your big tough blocks of guys being big tough blocks of guys that are hard to shift it all feels very of the period in a way that's um rewarding
1: yeah yeah and if i remember correctly you don't have like Morale penalties for say skirmishers falling back because that's their thing. That's literally yeah. what they're meant to do. They're not meant to fight in honorable honorable frontline combat. So right. like we mentioned good. in the review, I think Infamy, Infamy is very good at catching the spirit of what you'd imagine the fighting of the period would be.
0: Yeah, if your um skirmish if your, you know, native skirmishers run away, no one cares. If your praetorian praetorian guard run away, everyone's going to be unhappy. <laughs>
1: Yep, yep, so yeah, kudos to Infamy Infamy By some small indie game group, the game design group that nobody has ever heard of Two Fat oh, Larrys, is, is that is that the, the renamed? It's, it's a weird name, but uh, hey, it's what exciting, you yeah. can do uh, um, For a more conventional name, we once uh, we once again sup from the cup of muskets and tomahawks From Studio Tomahawk and remember when we talked about the card initiative stuff and what it does well it's the one big thing to steal from musket and tomahawk is the uh, card initiative activation system
0: yeah it looks before it works really well it's really quick it makes for a really interesting game and being able to like like with pop alley just picking your opponent's models to go is sometimes it's just the funniest thing
1: yeah yeah it, it's 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 good it's great uh, we love it uh, put it in your game
0: Hmm. Um, alternatively, put in the Batman Audacity initiative system because that also works really well.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Also, uh, hmm? Audacity, Audacity system is like uh, you, you get some of the Infinity Ramboing feel but not so much because you can't put the infin- infinite Audacity tokens. You just put Audacity yeah. tokens on the guys that... Uh, that you're going to use next, and it's sort of, uh, and since it's, it's open information, it sort of shows the enemy what you, which which uh, the which of the miniatures are are going to do more next turn rather than less. So it's also still mind and psychological games uh, in there. Mm. So that's so that's nice.
0: And also shout out to their um, objective deck for being a really fun way to do objectives, like you see some other game companies doing, like um scenario and deployment and mission type decks but um actual card decks for the whole objective system that are like 20 groups of cards like from one to three of each um it works really well and cards also have resources so they either add an out of game or out of the tabletop warfare section sort of resource management as well The resources and you know just an extra movement or shoot or Put down more suspects, or make a suspect into a movement marker. It's just so much, yeah, so uh, much cool stuff, and so much cool design space to play with.
1: Yeah, because uh, unlike, say, infinity objectives, those are constructed by you, and according to the force that you have. So, like you know, it's mm. definitely going to it's definitely going to work with you some way. And if even if the cards that you draw don't work, you can always just like you know burn them off. Or if you can't score them as an objective, all of them have uses other uses on the tabletop so it's not just drawing a card that says like touched a, a VIP with an engineer uh, I don't have an engineer uh tough cookies uh if you can, if the if this was the card you already mulliganed and uh, this is what you draw well it's there it's going to stay meanwhile in Batman the objective cards are always moving they're always circulating and it's never a dull moment and also, yeah. neither you nor the opponent really know what you're going to do next turn at any point. So that's also great. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, they have, they are working on a new edition, but not a new edition. Even more cards as well for the game to go up a mm-hmm. 30 card hand. So like more cool options, more cool choices. Um, All right. Things. Speaking of more cool things, Silver Bayonet has a couple of cool things in it. Um, yep. Fantasy in something that's not like
1: Medieval, non medieval fantasy. Well, the yeah.
0: 30s, it's refreshing, it's really clever. Um, the Polynic Time, this is a cool, it's a cool spot to add creepy stuff. Um, shout out to It and Carnival for making fantasy stuff in periods that aren't just the same three. Um, and mm-hmm. they're two dice types, make it a one roll game. It's, this works really, really well. Yep. Um, it feels good. You roll two dice, bam, done. One of them is the right damage dice, one of them's is not. They're okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's faster. It's uh, f- it's faster. It's uh, simpler. It's better.
0: It makes it less swingy as well. Rather than the d D twenty being like the whole spectrum, yeah. of like now nah, D ten is pretty reliable. Makes my armor more matter, mm-hmm. matter more. Um, yeah. Easy.
1: Wizards, uh, wizards uh, off the coast, and their D twenties have been have caused innumerable damage to the gaming uh, to the gaming industry. Yada yada yada.
0: Yeah, and then we go. Back to pulp alley again for a different reason.
1: Yeah, it turns out there are many reasons to go back down that pulpy alley. This time we're um, talking about. Uh, this time we're talking about the fact that everyone can shoot and everyone can punch because normally uh, your your characters in pulp alley don't have a specific weapon in hand. They have their shooting stat and they have their punching stat, and you can fluff it up as much as you want. And if you use uh, skill abilities and tags, you can like add stuff to the way you punch and the way you shoot things. There are optional rules to say that, hey, your guy is armed with a rifle. So this is the tags that he gets and these are the drawbacks that he has. But normally speaking, you don't have to, uh, say, worry like you would in Necromunda that your melee guy is absolutely incapable in range because you have to spend everything on range. The way the yeah. skill systems works is like you'll at least have a D6 in shooting, which, is, which isn't much, but it, it, it's more than your, say, a regular yeah. grunt in Necromunda would get because it doesn't cost money and you have to put that skill somewhere.
0: You always, almost always throw a rock unless you've gone really, really, really hard into punching, and then you don't need yeah. to throw a rock because you're probably punching in the face already. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the HP system is also really, really clever. Um, the more important you are, the higher your HP die starts at, and it caps your skills as well. So you might start a D10, get a D8, and then all your other D8 skills stay there, but your D10 skills have now dropped the level. Um, you heal up between turns, doctors and stuff, special skills, etc. Can heal you up as well, it just... It doesn't punish you for being hurt and it prevents you from dying in one turn because you can't ever drop more than one level. Yeah, one no, turn, no, which is
1: good. Yeah, no matter how strong the attack is, you can't drop uh, more than a single level from a single attack, which is like, sure, that's enough to take out a d6 smoke, but d6 smoke don't matter. Your big, tough guys matter. And since they have health levels to spare, they can they can remain on the table and keep on trucking and if you add some annoying abilities on them they can keep on trucking even more.
0: Yeah, it's, it works so well. Um speaking of keeping on trucking, Oathmark.
1: Oathmark. The main reason I well I always ever want to do Oathmark was the kingdom building mechanic, which uh the game doesn't come with actual presets factions or sides the way you do is like you do this where the circle thingy and then you fill it out with like choices of territories and uh, and stuff and according to those territories you have you get types of uh, units uh, and races of units and stuff so if you say ever played warhammer and thought like you know elves are always on like the verge of like you know not disappearing and stuff or maybe the elves are just really bad at making babies so you'd think it makes sense for elves to do the conquistador thing and maybe hire a lot of local mercenaries and stuff so if you wanted to make a elf kingdom that has an, an, an elite elf leader and an elite core of uh, elf elves, you and then the rest of the slots of for skirmishers and regular core line types are filled out by more uh, more uh, disposable, easier to breed humans. So that's that's what you can do in the game.
0: Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of restrictions for where you start from and where you can go. It's yeah, the you can probably build towards it. There's a lot of reliability, except for some mutually exclusive things that make sense within the fiction of the world. Yeah. Um, and speaking of world fiction, Conquest. No the game with game.
1: Yeah, the, the game with card draws and all the fiction you could ever want.
0: Mm. Uh, we draw cards, activate a unit, but generally units have an on-draw ability, like your commanders might have, like, get to push a guy forward or make an attack, or just something that makes the act of drawing itself much more... Interesting, rather it's like, okay, I draw them, yeah, they can go. And you draw your guys, and they can go. It's like, no, I, I've I've drawn my um, orc wizards. He's now going to summon a giant foot to crush you, and you can deal with that for a while. I guess because they, they're probably more like, as uh, Mesoamerican wizards, uh, they do something yeah, yeah. much more horrifying. The,
1: yeah, the, those are more like you know Aztec, Aztec wizards and stuff. So. And since, you, since the factions in Conquest can get pretty wild, like those space clone elves and stuff, and I think you had a draw event where one of the Pheromancers or something would just resurrect the guys on draws and yeah. something... Boy, he did manage to stack some weird... Res- uh, it's On draw, so, so. He,
0: summon, he he restores the stand. And first action, he restores the stand. Second action, he restores the stand. Third action, I don't know, I guess I walk
1: forward. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've resurrected the Union around myself. So yeah, conquest, conquest activation system is generally, I guess you'd say, okay. It's just, you know, you arrange your cards in the deck, the enemy arranges his cards in the deck, and then you draw from the deck and... When, if you draw a card for a unit that you have multiple of, you can choose which one of those will activate. Yeah. So it, 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 it has some fairly neat cards with the cards already, but the, the uh, uh, draw activation things are also an interesting twist on it. Because, hey, something is happening all the time. And if there is, and if there is something that we all want in all of our games, is stuff to keep happening.
0: Yeah, and not every unit has an on-draw event, which is good. It makes the special characters more special, and there's skills and stuff you can buy for your guys to give them generic ones. Um, and speaking of not generic art, our, um, our best art or minis in book, or, you know, graphic design in general, Nishis. Um, starting with This Is Not A Test, who've clearly worked at this for a long time, making a yep. gorgeous book with this tremendous-looking miniatures
1: some yeah. are some tremendous looking art inserts and, uh, hmm. and all those stuff yeah, and some sure. cool, cool miniatures uh, like I hmm. like I like I mentioned before I think I saw some converted uh, historical uh, some converted historical Romans uh, to carry around signs instead of shields hmm. and stuff oh so which yeah are lazy guns. <laughs> yeah yeah TNT, uh, TNT rulebook just looks nice is uh, yeah. fairly easy to read and uh, it has both Photos and pictures, which are evocative and, uh, and well, not intriguing. Basically, evocative. Why yeah, especially basically whole
0: list. Um, like Baron's War has a mixture of really nice um, studio, yeah. historical-looking art, um, contemporary art, and just some cool minis painting photos of to really make it think, like, wow, I could have an I army mean, that looks like that if I were, like, much more time-rich and yeah, yeah. To learn how to paint
1: good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like people who have uh, who have learned their histories back in school and then haven't updated stuff uh, yet will think that like medieval era was like the dark age. Not true. This is like uh, Renaissance lie by a bunch of Greek booze, and uh, uh, but like you know the medieval were. Uh, a lot of financial and stuff, and also a lot of colorful dudes trying to kill each other in like surcoats uh, yeah. and whatever. So if you want to look looked, at, like to be colorful, yeah, yeah. If you, th- you think Warhammer invented the bretoni out of uh, whole cloth, <sighs> like that, you think there wasn't precedence for knights looking blinked out as fuck? Nope. Uh, Baron's War shows that in uh, even yet dreary old English. Uh, the famous, the older the fancy fancy pants people who wanted to kill each other with swords and stuff, uh, appreciate looking snazzy as balls while doing yeah. it.
0: And honestly, the same could be said for um, Muskets and Tomahawk and Infamy, Infamy, both really cool historical games, lots of cool art to get you thinking about the period and how to paint up your guys and what to make them look like. Um, neither one stands out more than the other one, following from Baron's War. I think they're both basically manage it yeah
1: (laughs) infamy infamy is good by uh, using uh, pictures of like miniatures on the battlefield to to transform them into uh, schemes and drawings for for illustrating rules and also for making my heart break in that I'll never have the reason to buy all those uh, cool looking romans and uh, paint them up because man that book has some sick nasty romans baby Oh, for sure for sure
0: um and moving harder into the graphic design we have forbidden some a morgue oh.
1: yep forbidden song the morgue mordheim is design life for life but this is but this isn't your sad is xeroxed single color design this is uh, everything we can do in graphic design in one book markborg trades a lot on on looking Coolest shit, and uh, that's that's also true for Forbidden Psalm. It's it's a rule book that's uh, a riot of like you know colors and design choices and shapes and whatnots and font choices, and it looks great. None of my games will look like that because <laughs> I imagine going for a more of a US field manual look. But uh, it, it oh, looks yeah. great.
0: It's it's the only game I've seen in the. Like war game skirmish design space that looks anything like that, it's still incredibly readable. Um, yeah, in a way that's like, and it evokes such a sense of the world and what you're about to play. It's truly wonderful.
1: Yep. Yep. And what's also wonderful, Black Powder Red Earth, 28 millimeters, yes, we have to it's mention so 28 millimeters. Yaha, the art is amazing. I mean, it started out with graphic novels and certainly shows that they probably kept those guys around. Because, oh man, we went on the website to check for uh, like, you know, the minis and the prices and stuff. And like they have new art and new art is great. It's a sort of, uh, 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 it's a dark and detailed comics art. So, you know, it, what you'd probably expect from your dark horses and whatever. Uh, and it looks great. It, it, the, the whole rule book looked great. I remember that it was cool and evocative and there was... A lot of great color choices and look I'm graphic design isn't my passion I don't really have the vocabulary to describe it but the book look sick and so did, yeah. and so do the uh, templates they and tokens they trade uh, for the uh, game
0: yeah um, truly inspired design all around um, just even the two-dimensional art for the models this is a really great use of color it really shows the comic book heritage of the game and how, yeah. like, art was clearly like something they were thinking about the whole time rather than, like, shit, you insert a picture here of, like, a dude holding something relatively modern and looking tactical and hard. It's like, no, no. we're going to have, like, a picture of a door, a dude kicking in a door while a drone, well, a knife drone flies in through the window.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, black powder, red earth, sick. And, you know, what's also, also fairly sick, but more. <laughs> Uh, both metaphorically and potentially literally, Turnip 28, because that is a sicko world of, of Napoleonic cosplayers trudging around on their feet that are turnip into, turning into turnips and shooting each other, and the art sells it 100%.
0: Yeah, the art's truly wonderful. It just looks so good. Once again, it's a very pretty game that does pretty things and thought about what it wants to look like and has decided to go hard and looking like that.
1: Yeah, follow the game designer on Twitter to see even more sick nasty pictures of weird tuber people and uh tu- tuber grenadiers and whatever. Uh as basically what if like dark age of sigma or whatever was yeah. a game and stuff like it w- with this old, where all this is like where all the grim dark fantasies come from but without the I don't know. You'd say sometimes unnecessary violence and stuff or malice. This is like, uh, yeah. this is like also these guys are gross. These guys are downtrodden and they're also ridiculous. So mm. you know, it, it definitely has a unique feeling to it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fun without being malicious. It's dark without being um, grim, and it's grim without being oppressive. Like, yeah, there's no main spirit to this game. It's very silly and leans into yeah. it. Um, and yeah, and it's a tremendous excuse to kit bash your models if you'd like to kit bash things. Your Napoleonics with all your weird deformities, your um, late medievals with all your strange tube growth, or your big cannons that are actually giant mos- monsters. Yeah,
1: and I think this is how uh, cats, uh, uh segued nicely into the Best Excuse for Kit Bashing. Another category in the niches. Turnip 28, uh, if you ever wanted to buy those sisters, but never wanted to put actual Prussian landwear on the table as actual Prussian land and play with with grogs who will tell you that you did the cap piping or whatever, like you, you colored the buttons wrong, you buy those guys and you slap them into forbidden, not forbidden, to turnip 28 yeah you gross them up whatever you give them some grass tufts on their head you switch up the heads for something i don't know potentially warhammer beastman or something though those models are a bit long in the tooth and in the horn uh you just do whatever like sort of kind of like silver it's a game that encourages hard heart converting for you know, made, made Napoleonic and maybe even earlier period miniatures, even harder than, say, Silver Bayonet would. It's like, you know, do whatever gross nonsense you want with your Napoleonic guys. So, yeah, that's so two or potentially four thumbs up for Turnip 28 for being kid-bashing father.
0: Yeah, and for um similar dark fantasy, uh, in the Sarm also really encourages you to go wild. Um, The units you're Warband only ever being five models also really lets you go wild. It's like if someone dies, eh, I can pin up a new guy for the... who's so missing an arm or a foot or he's got gnarly smell. I could represent that how I want. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I've got to convert all 27 of this warband. That's, um, it's going to take a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, your warband is small, so you can definitely spend a lot more time on your dudes. Uh, the only downside, you'd say, is that you can't really plan in advance because you random roll your guys, kind of. Uh, but other than that, uh, it's, uh, it's a great—it's uh, a great excuse to go buck wild on some miniature and uh, maybe some uh, empire spearman, or whatever. Look, it's a d- dark medieval end of the world uh, setting. Whatever you do is going to be historically correct <laughs> for the period.
0: Yeah, and like speaking of end of the world, we have got Zona Alpha with oh, yeah. high-speed low drag mercenaries coming out and finding a bunch of weird shit. To be cool with um probably not as much converting as the alice offer but it lets you much more specialize your guys and get a bit like gear porny with them as well yeah
1: yeah especially so if, you war, 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 so <laughs> if you want to use war warsaw packed gear and stuff if you want to go if you want if you for some reason want to do those coal scuttle helmets that the, US, the east germans used to love If you want, if you want nothing but AKs on everyone, uh, this is your game. And like you know, if you played Stalker or you've seen how Stalker looks, you can you know buy weird gas masks and/or the weird uh, Molly kit package carrying stuff, and maybe even paint the guy with an an LMG and uh, like tracksuit pants. So yeah,
0: um, lots more freedom to have your weird post-modern modern, contemporary soldiers doing strange <laughs> yeah. stuff with all of the gubbins in a way that's really goofy and fun.
1: Yeah, I mean what you're going to say? This is not the a toe- for uh, stalkers in like 2025? Get out of here stalker. Uh, this of course I've got the AN-94. We found yeah. it in a
0: um, portal to another world. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I have an A... A, a key in 1971 because I found it uh, with my box of pre-ordered Battlefield 3. You can't say that this is ha- didn't you uh, couldn't have happened in a universe where uh, Chernobyl is a paranormally active zone. Mm, mm. And uh, right. speaking of <laughs> not get bashing miniatures.
0: Uh, yeah, but like if you've got to go there, you might as well go straight to the shop for some official stuff um, for best official miniatures such as like. Night models this is Batman minis, which are all great, and you know the Two Face gang, Luther, the Harley Quinn, roller Debbie guys look amazing.
1: Um, yeah, boy, this is Darum how. We,
0: guys, but yeah.
1: yeah. This is how we open our best official miniatures, Nishi.
0: <laughs> I'm taking the button away from you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Batman looks like the models they have are great. Um, the S U M G also looks pretty good, and the Harry Potter guys. I guess if you care about that. But the, the Batman stuff is where it's at. The starter boxes all have dope guides that work really well for the game.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the Diorama guys, but they definitely have, because, like, I have certain brain worms, but the rest of the guys who are just guys and stuff, they're, they're cool, they're dynamic if you want them to be, and, yeah, uh, those are so some dope-looking official miniatures, especially considering yeah. that you can get, like, 20 different layers of Batman or something. <laughs> yeah, and, like,
0: booking miniatures you can't go much further past code one without mentioning them all the infinity signs are really 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 good you get past of cheesecake stuff which you know
1: they, yeah. they do
0: do that but otherwise yeah, i mean there are does doesn't suffer that as, nearly as the much
1: there are bursts of spanish whips of course there's going to be uh, cheesecake stuff in there but the rest is good despite being in devil's own metal uh, mm-hmm. I I am paying my friend to assemble my Infinity miniatures for me, and this is working out swimmingly. Uh, but yeah, uh, metal is the devil, but the miniatures are fine looking, and you can you can you you can assemble an army for fairly cheap. And the uh, as far as I know, the official sets are actually good. They give you the stuff you're going to need for the basics and the, the, to play a game. And yeah. Infinity Code One is even better than that because you don't have to worry about too many units, as the Code One version has a more constrained unit roster with more constrained abilities and all that. So hey, just get some cool units painted up, and even if you and and and, and even if you if you don't find the units to be your own faction's units to be that cool, you can do the unofficial converting thing of just. Painting up dudes in your own colors, like anything outside the, uh, of, like some of the alien species or Ariadna is indistinguishable when painted in your faction color. You can't say that. It's, can't, can't say that these guys aren't mine. They all look kind of the same. So yeah, uh, yeah, get yourself some Infinity.
0: Yeah, and like, they look really, really good, and it's hard to get past that cool they look. The big the bears in space suits with the giant hammers, man. What more do you want from your games? If it's not that, then we're not going to be friends. I'm
1: just sorry to say. Ah, yeah, that's why I'm not going to say my next comment. Instead, get some, <laughs> uh, get some uh, pen track and models for Cold War Commander. Oh, that's
0: so good! That's so good! So small, but so good.
1: Yeah, ten millimeters isn't God's own scale, which is six millimeters, but it ain't fifteen millimeters either. So we, you are not tempted to, uh, to buy a Team Yankee starter and then never pl- and then never play Team Yankee. Uh, yeah, 10 millimeters is definitely a scale. Some people do really enjoy it, don't know why. Mm. But Pendragon has some really nice Warsaw Pact stuff, and uh, yeah, go get them, Target. Play some games,
0: yeah. Good, ca- good correction of both sides, to be quite honest. There's um, lots of options and lots of niche ones too, and more seem to be coming all the time.
1: Yeah, so we recommend Cold War Commander as a game, and we go co- <laughs> recommend Cold War Commander miniatures i guess like sure it's That's military <laughs> history so like it's a military history you can't get trademark T55 so you can't do a chapter house about uh, like hey these guys produced T62 we produced T62 out of whole cloth no we've never heard of the Soviet Union tank design <laughs> but yeah go so, so go get those miniatures and yeah, you and can and yeah. you, and for further savings get some Valley miniatures <laughs>
0: Oh, they're so good, they're so good, they're all so fun. Um, yeah. just All your favorite Assassin's Creed knock-offs, all your favorite um, Vatican enforcers. Think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the guy with the giant crossbow and the small child desperately trying to hold it up is this one of my favorite sculpts of all time. It's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, they really have some neat sculpts. Uh, of course, again, I it's have some... personality, b- yeah. Yeah, I have some brain warm about, about some factions, but other guys are definitely cool and good um, mm. and uh, I, uh, as far as Haker, Kass, I say it's affordable and when he says it's affordable it means something <laughs> because he's in an Australia and they're paying like 300,000% <laughs> K- Queen King's own pillow tax or something on those things
0: well we are on the other end of the world rich yeah. by boat so I mean it makes sense for the mock-up but I mean, I mean, to, mean a, yeah
1: yeah, I mean, uh, all the shipments that go to Australia have to pass uh, through the Here There Be Dragons part of the map. So that, I guess, uh, <laughs> makes it a little expensive. But hey, and th- that's some good stuff in Valley. Yeah, and
0: lots of options for any kinds of... Th- Within the breadth of the setting, there's a lot of on display. Um, moving, which is, reminds me of The Song of Ice and Fire, which also has some really cool miniatures. They're all that weird board gamesium plastic, but you know,
1: but they, work. yeah, they already come come assembled, and I think they come in colors that in the plastic color that matches the faction. So mm. the only thing you have to do is take them out and paint them up.
0: Yeah, which can really speed up the game. It'll come with the blocks you need to put them on. So just it's, it's an easy way to have a really effective looking force. And the NPCs trait lets you have a lot of the cooler characters that won't normally be seen on the board, which is yeah. fun.
1: Yeah, I loved it as a solution to put the, so the characters in the book you would never put on a battlefield into the game and stuff. It's a smart way to do it rather than, say, making an invisible cyber Alfred ghost in Batman. <laughs> but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Song of Ice and Fire. It's a neat, neat rule set that comes with neat miniatures. Yeah, um, and which.
0: From one of you guys, you can look at the Black Powder Red Earth guys, who have some incredibly cool um, modern military badasses who do bad things to bad, air quotes, people in the search of rare earth metals.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, but the but Black Powder first had a miniature uh, uh, miniature release with uh, Spectrum miniatures, and that was okay. But I think their own resin guys look, at least from the pictures, real cool. Their own scorched troops are a fine set and then they Dong gone released the Hongbin mercenaries and the Mushtashib Shurta, whatever Ayari network ISIS guys who also look sick uh, sick and potentially nasty because like how many how many times you get like uh, I don't know near future Middle Eastern operators as a thing that miniature companies release
0: yeah, totally. It works. It works so well, and it's pro- and they're you know made in America, which matters to you rather than like, trying to import them from somewhere else or having to worry with like weird shipping issues. Just, you know, yeah.
1: So, so if you like buying American and in uh, America, this is the game for you to to buy because the miniatures look great.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> and like, it solves a couple of issues
0: people have with like modern games um also getting miniatures like you know here's the guys now there's no real market for that like old inspector and their weird tiny metal guys because they haven't kept that with anyone else's scale creep so bpr yeah. are really out there smashing it um and speaking of solutions to issues um best solution to is issue bump 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 oh my god um sorry for I'll anyone who gangers
1: yeah, sorry for anyone who was listening to this episode as their fall asleep aid because we don't do any disruptive intros, but like, hey, this only happens once a year.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, we think that Pop Alley solves the gangers issue of your generic mooks that don't really matter, and they're just there to fill space or the activations or earn XP later on to become cooler um, with the guys who a gang of guys. There's five dudes, four dudes, six dudes who just are there to be, be tough and hard to shift and push buttons and
1: attack. Yeah, yeah, you sure don't a Yeah, you, you don't. You don't have to worry about resource expenditure on, on, on them because you're not expending resources. Like, hey, it says this is what the D six guy has, and so if you choose a D six guy, whatever you do to him, you fully accomplish him and flesh him out as a person and stuff. There isn't no infinity. Like, oh, do I go with to- boys over toys or toys over boys or what toys can I give to the boys? Uh, you don't oh. have to like pinch pennies and like buy the guy's shitty pistols and stuff like hey this guy is a d6 mook he's d6 competent in all, all of the things uh <laughs> let him onto the field go get him tiger
0: <laughs> do your best here's a knife go kill that guy i believe in you and your four friends <laughs> um code one and infinity etc have solved the issue of sitting there while your opponent does their entire army's turn yeah their, um arrow system
1: yeah, yeah, Infinity IRO was, like, it was the f- first weirdest game, I guess, I encountered back in the second edition, potentially, of Infinity and stuff, and that mm. that thing, like, you're never, as a, as the non-active player, because Infinity has hard turns, no, 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 I, I finish all of my shit, then you do yours, but while I do my shit, your guys can react and shoot me, and... Uh, yeah, they
0: can punch, they can move.
1: And uh, that just keeps you going because, uh, I remember once watching a 30K Batrep where uh, a a bunch of uh, Raven Guard veterans were just sitting in in a corridor and then a dreadnought just walked up to them and blast them off the board with a plasma cannon shot. And I was like, man, that must feel like shit. Like just sitting there unable to do anything. And in Infinity, you most of the time are able to do anything, and shooting at an enemy is rarely an uncontested role. And uh, hmm. you risk stuff merely by moving. So, yeah, that's good. That's You're good. That's good there for there both players.
0: Doing the equivalent of rolling saves or morale for your guys while the game happens at you. You have choices and options. Yeah. And, ev- and you can, you know. You can just bide your time and let them fall into your trap, or you can just start doing Hail Mary shots across the board and just rolling for crits.
1: Yeah, yeah. If your if uh, uh, arrow bot, total, total reaction bot uh, is rolling four HMG shots against some guy in uh, thermoptic ammo, I mean... <clears throat> um, how it call now? mimetism minus minus three, minus six. Uh, so yeah. if you if you're going to roll four, if you have the option to roll four dice, scoring at ones or twos on a d twenty, fucking do it. <laughs> Some hilarious shit might happen. That bot in dodging anything.
0: Half the time with all those rolls, that's yep, how yeah, it exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't <laughs> understand math. So if you crit on no. ones and you're rolling one, I mean, if you crit on twos and if you're fishing for ones and twos, you're critting half of the time you're you're shooting. Yeah, so, that's, like that's, that's how math good. works. Yeah, yeah, that's entirely how math works. Just uh, yeah, so do it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it.
0: Yeah, and with like, mutism and thermo chemo, and just hiding, uh, musket tomahawks sort of tells you how you can resolve that. Rather than being a binary state, it changes depending on how skilled you are at finding guys. So your um, natives' troops, or locals, are much better at spotting guys hiding in the bushes than your out-of-state irregulars. They're also you know, better, better
1: at hiding. Yeah, weirdly enough, know um, the other terrain, turns out, it's an advantage! And, and, there's no dice rolling. It's just like, yeah. if you're in the right circumstances, you're going to spot them. If it's in the wrong circumstances, you're not going to spot them. It's great, It was because like, the first time I discovered actual spotting rules that happened for everything was in battle group, and I was like, shit, yeah, that's great. World War II game where you are not omniscient and you don't always see everyone everywhere and shoot them with perfect clarity. That's amazing, and turns out you can do even better. You can just remove the rolling from the equation, it works.
0: Yeah, and this, it still lets you like hide your guys and make them really hard to spot without having to stack modifiers to dice or anything of this, anything of that, right. Anything like yeah. that. So there's no, you're not failing the dice roll while like looking an inch away from the guy? It's like, no, I, I, I can see you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I, I don't care.
0: This is thunderstorm, and you're a native in like the spike forest of plus three stealth. I, I can't see.
1: I'm literally on top of you. I'm stepping on your toes. I'm invading your mm. personal space as well as, as as well as colonizing you, which is double root of me. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's that, that 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 is a great system. No, uh, no, XCOM, ninety nine percent chance to hit things in this in, in, in this system. Uh, yeah. Um. And also there's no running down timer as we talked about already, like you you don't know when the muskets and tom- and tomahawks don't even have actual turns, so we are not like, "Hey, these guys activated, bet they won't activate again. You probably yeah. bet wrong because th- those guys can so activate like they they they're going to activate us oh
0: a lot of times it's kind of that's kind of terrifying
1: yeah, yeah, you can't just uh, you can't just leave a corner of the map uh, like you know untouched because like hey those guys just activated so i have nothing to fear from them i am free to move whatever i want and do whatever i want hell yeah not having to worry about things uh so yeah the so yeah muskets and tomahawks is like always keeping you on your toes you never know what's coming next and you're really good at counting cards in which cases you should be trying to get uh, thrown out of a casino
0: yeah, and um, Zona Alpha brings up crew building in a really interesting way. Where guys have costs either four, three, or one resource points. Oh, sorry, three, two, or one resource points, and that's also how many activations they get. So your boss is worth more intrinsically to your rank-and-file guy, and it's just so obvious and so clear, and it lets you build a list that's like a bunch of rank-and-file guys or four or, th- four or five just super hard experts and it immediately uh, makes your gang feel different
1: and it's also great because like it's a bit of an issue but also a great thing that resource that uh, equipment doesn't cost money at the start I think you just Hmm. get stuff so uh outside some of the I'll say, balance issues or maybe something like that you just get stuff and you not just get get stuff you get stuff you would never give to a newbie in other games like would you buy your shitty ass gangers grenades and med packs and say Necromunda nope. or anywhere else no you wouldn't because money is a precious resource and i can't really waste it but meanwhile and uh, it's a lot more freeform in zona alpha and you can get some cool stuff on less than cool dudes and yeah. it's uh it's good it's great if they, if they say even did some more uh, limitations on what you can get some dudes like say like no assault rifles for newbies or something like i do, i don't i don't I don't mm. entirely remember how the system is. It still would be good because you, they get a roster of things to choose from, and you don't have to be like, uh, is it really worth it to put the gun on the, the guy and you i have the man yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it it gives a certain sense of freedom and a certain sense of like, hey, this is a whole arsenal in front of me. Why am I not using the whole arsenal? Uh, In other game, the answer would be like, well, you don't have the money to give grenades to everyone. Mm.
0: You are finding the the cost-efficient one and you're going with that. Or you're playing some sort of freeform narrative thing where you aren't trying to do effective stuff and I don't know what you do. I guess you just have fun with your friends, whatever that means.
1: Yeah, yeah this means you're a british man over 50 years uh, you the gate you talk about the game in a closed facebook group you're still mad about the yahoo group going down uh yeah so uh, so another thing of a system issue potentially solving is carnival where hey Subsystems are for losers. This game has this this game has one system for everything and you roll and you check the table for results and that's it.
0: Yeah, it's um basically almost the same table for most things too. But it just eliminates that craft in most games of like, oh you wanna climb? You can climb an inch per activation because climbing is really hard for me, a deskbound um game designer and I don't see why uh, a supernatural being made of claws and tentacles and vines would be much faster climbing than I would. Um, so we should penalise all of them equally. But no, you no, know, this game's just like, now fuck that, if you want to jump, destroy your dice and go that far. If you want to climb, move up, finish your move. You can't like hang to an edge, but you can move as many times as you get action points. You can probably scale that 8 inch building in one go, sure, why not.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, and like I said, there aren't exactly. Oh, this is, I rolled the, these dice for jumping, and these dice for like shooting, and the, this one is roll over, this one is roll under, and uh, yeah, it's 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 it, 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 it's an elegant wh- solution to yeah, a problem it, that it,
0: other games like to fall over and think makes for interesting friction points.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's. I, I don't even know how to say it. It's like the the Carnival rulebook, free and online, as far as I remember, is shockingly short. And for yeah. a shockingly short rulebook, the uh, factions have a shocking amount of design depth and differences to them. So, like, damn, boy. It's, it's
0: just clever. Um, and speaking of clever
1: things, the Song of Ice and Fire and its
0: NPC board, as well as the NPC units themselves, or NCU's, I think, non-combat units, yes, I'm saying. Um, just work really well they've all got a car that makes them special they've all got all those generic abilities they can do that make them special like an extra movement for you guys or attack for you guys or making opponents panic it's just it's such a good way to have your guys that aren't known for holding a sword yeah, represented and you pay points for them as well so that you can take a legion of super berserkers or you can take a guy that's really good at scheming the opponent off the board and it's such an exciting thing to have to choose between
1: yeah, and it's uh, and it's uh, like you say, it's not genre appropriate, but it's for uh, *Song of Ice and Fire* appropriate because uh, *Song of Ice and Fire* has a lot of movers and shakers who aren't exactly people stabbers and uh, and you know battlefield uh, battlefield guys. Like say some other some other games don't really have design space for guys who can't kill. Uh, we can't kill personally and in big quantities but uh, this is a song of ice and fire, everyone's some sort of manipulating and uh, that's how you get the, and that's how you get them on the field without thinking up too much stuff e.
0: yeah it's, it's just so nice it's nice to have those guards represented and it doesn't ever feel like a bad you always want to take them, you want to take as many as you can which is generally I believe three We could be wrong about that, but like, yeah, there's five slots and having more guys than the opponent does is is a benefit to it. Having enough guys for the whole board is beneficial. Um, It's taking away on board resources, which say you score the game, but not in a way that's like penalizing you for having them. Like they're helping you score those objectives without punching the opponent off the board. They're helping you score them by giving you movement attacks and bonuses. And it's great. It feels good. Um, And like, if you want it to feel good, I'd say like the best starter is a good way to start. um yeah and honestly for my money the best starter for any game is rumpel is sorry it's the best starter for any game is carnival it's everything you need to play the game in the box mats cards cool resin minis cool resin boats cool coins it's just
1: cardboard terrain cardboard terrain cardboard terrain
0: yeah if you hate cardboard terrain that's reasonable but it's rock solid stuff it's never felt soft or squishy to me um and it's lasted a bunch of games.
1: Like, yeah, and if you want to just see if you like if you like the game, you, once you stop to finish with the cardboard stuff, you can probably get some MDFs off of there. So Yeah,
0: and Combat sells their cool MDF stuff. Um pretty 3D sculpt some of your own. but yeah, the starters tremendous value. It's amazing though. It's it, not much more than any of the GW starters the actual terrain that's not the back of the box. <laughs> and it works. Um And, like, the other starter from Combat for Rumble Slam is also really good. It's 10 models and a mat, and it's basically your Christmas morning god-tier game of, like, here's all the guys. Bam! You're playing the game. Yeah, yeah. There's Uh, There's nothing in the way of it.
1: Barrier of entry? What's that? I ain't never heard of that. So yeah, TT t- Combat some somehow c- c- competent and at this getting players into the game thing. I don't know, man. I'm just a podcast on the internet.
0: Yeah, um, and otherwise, who've been doing ad- been at it for a while. The Code One starters are also all really strong.
1: Yeah,
0: um, two two good factions with decent diversity. It's um, just solid choices. Abandoned them.
1: Infinity has always been solid with the starters, even if the older starters were never really points ba- points-wise points balanced. Mm. They were always like, look, we're giving you either 8 or 10 miniatures and point values be damned, so, so some starters w- would last you longer than others and stuff. But since Infinity, especially in this season, is so constrained on how many miniatures you put on the table, it's like 15 maximum, I'm not counting all the stuff yeah. that's represented by miniatures. So
0: 15 trippies.
1: Yeah, so like getting ten guys is seventy-five percent way there, or sixty-six percent way there. I don't know. I'm not a math. And uh, yeah, so code one is good because it's like it's cut. It's cut down infinity that doesn't lose the real important parts of infinity. And the starters, if they last you code one and then the full, inf- and then you want to try full infinity. Guess what? They're immediately workable.
0: They absolutely do. Um, all the choices in there are rock solid. The sculpts are all super modern, so there's no dealing with old guys. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, and what's also great is Song of Ice and Firestarters, which it has got a tremendous two player starter. It's yeah. not the priciest side of town, but it is like if you're splitting it, it's fine. But if you're yeah. going in there yourself, it's probably a bit much.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, when, when we're talking about non historical games that have starters, they're yeah. never going to be the cheapest thing around. Maybe potentially Carnival. But for song, song song of fire and ice and stuff and yeah, i think the starters are good
0: yeah no for sure if you know what the faction you want to play the starters i have an offer will get you going in a really easy way i'm not sure how like meta how powerful they will be but if that's not what you're going for um and even then if you have to get a couple boxes to pack it up to build it up to the tournament standard it's not going to be the worst feeling um Unlike yeah. Conquest, if you're trying to buy it now, which has some incredible starters that were way better value with the Kickstarter.
1: <laughs> and yeah. now are kind of looking
0: a bit unlikely. But to get started playing the game, they're tremendous.
1: Yeah, they're good for starting the game if you if you can get a time machine and go into the past where you could have gotten them on a, on a Kickstarter. Because I think we discussed it in the episode that uh, Conquest is on the pricier side of games.
0: But yeah, it's also not a game where you need a tremendous amount of guys. You can get away with... It's just to start on a box or two, and it's fine. Um, I mean, that's why, a good sign if they, like
1: yeah. That's why they released the uh, skirmish version of the game, I think, mm. because you you yeah. need less guys, fewer guys.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's, it's almost one of the games that we wished was better.
1: <laughs> we don't almost wish we, we was better. Conquest is among our <laughs> games we most wished was better. Womp womp womp. Category of niches. Uh, yeah yeah and we'll just we'll
0: start with probably the main one the big one the one you all know is about it's Oathmark.
1: yeah Oathmark is the most fest of a rule book we ever read it wasn't particularly exciting and going on with the unit stat lines it was like mm, the, mm, the difference between an orc and a human is like one stat in one direction or something like mm-hmm. it and was kind of sad and stuff, because the kingdom building thing is the killer app and the killer feature of Oathmark. Yeah, and, and the, so the
0: game itself, without that, looked okay. It's just everything, nothing
1: made exciting. No, 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 nothing exciting, I guess. And thankfully, this was before we had played the uh, Song of Ice and Fire, <laughs> because that game... I think it killed the rank and flank games for me because it said like, hey, you know all those games that require you to track how many guys are per rank or per flank? What if what if, what if you didn't need to do that? It was like, damn, boy, this game is great, though we still wish... No, we don't wish it was better. It's already good. <laughs> so yeah, we wish Offmark was, uh, was, was a bit better in those kinds of circumstances. It, it looked yeah, more interesting. It read more interesting.
0: And honestly, same with Silver Bane, yep. We've read it before. It's a tremendously cool setting, let down by some really weird mechanical choices that inform the flavor. Like, why is why is wearing armor on a horse slow you
1: down? Why are horses so slow? Because oh, it it, it has a, it has a lot of fun things going for it. It has some evocative missions. It has some great uh, variety in what. You know countries you can choose from what troops they get you can get a weird yep. uh, weird beer person and stuff and then it's things le- we should
0: love we should love all these things
1: yeah and then that's just kind of the less than exciting in in in, in 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 outcomes
0: so i stand there and i shoot you and i bring ruffle mints like you know i shoot you and, yeah yeah um, we're not really worried about the Napoleonic skirmish side of it because that's not what we thought we were going to make today.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, another thing we uh, we we wish was uh, better. It's a game that you don't know. It's Force and Force. <laughs> uh, Can we cover this one. Yeah, anyway, we did cover Force and Force. It was one of our first episodes. Dag Dag Nabbit. And yeah. uh, there are two things you w- you could wish that was better. One is book layout because mm. currently it was like hot garbage. And I don't think there had been any news for the second edition of force on force coming out since five yeah. ever. And uh, yeah, so that's one of those things because it's an interesting system and I don't like, I can't fully judge if there is an issue with the system or if it's an issue with the book, of the way the book is written, and like it's very slapdash around everywhere. Um, and the other thing we mentioned is like mm, maybe, maybe don't drink uh, deeply from the cup of Western imperialism and stuff. Yeah, um,
0: that's really an aged game. In that yeah, yeah. Um, unlike Conquest, which is incredibly new. But yeah. it still feels like data is in a lot of strange ways.
1: Yeah, Conquest has uh, Conquest is really doing tremendously if, on trying to establish their own world, their own lore. Actually, yeah. people can vote online on like, you know, they read a bit of fiction and they vote on the outcome and they are trying to do new stuff. But they're not trying to do new stuff in the rank and flank area. Like Conquest did get unlucky with a that we played the Song of Ice and Fire before and... Man, going from ice, ice and fire's movement race to like st- having to care about the guy, like, about the positioning mm. of the guys on the board, also like like and, and conquest
0: and oathmark are, are both much more um, conservative. Of how the, uh, yeah. yeah, of how the of how those games work. Like that is how most games will do
1: rank and flank, and we have decided that we don't like dealing with all that bullshit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we want we want to have serried ranks of guys and we want flanking mm. to matter that's why i don't play it yeah. of sigmar but conquest is like no 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 we do it the old-fashioned way the amount of attacks Maybe everyone the amount of attacks depends on how many guys you have and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it depends on how many stands of guys you have and you're like mm. no please what did i do to you but i'm sorry uh, whatever it was
0: i'm sorry
1: yeah and it's like They have great ideas, like starting with light units on board and then bringing in reinforcements on your front line as the front line moves towards like middle of the table and stuff. They know it's not fun to have a unit arrive on turn free and never reach line of contact because it's right too late. Mm. They're smart guys. Uh, It's just one big, it's just a sacred cow that should, probably be turned into a sacred burger or something because... Like, well,
0: you just to ask yourself why you're doing it. If yeah. you're already doing, like, um, four guys per tray and you aren't doing, like, the Song of Ice and the Fire thing, what are you hanging on to? And You know, it doesn't feel like a choice they've looked at. It doesn't seem like they've considered why they've made that decision. They've just made it because it's why we make... that's a decision we make, and we've always made it. Stop yeah. asking us to think about something else.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we want Conquest to be better. And maybe cheaper. Uh, (laughs) Another game we wish was better was Baron's War because of two things, partially, I'd say. One is because it has a beautiful rulebook that's well illustrated. It has miniature support. And it has a gosh darn free army builder that basically gives you everything you need. And it's a fairly involved army builder that gives you everything you need but uh, the game the game itself isn't that cool despite a lot of mm. people actually liking it and, like a lot of people yeah. like it and they t- tell you that it's cool and you're playing and you don't see that thing and that's the other reason why i wanted it was better so i could understand exactly what it is that people like some people say that uh, like uh podcasters or YouTubers or whoever people just hate unpopular thing or for clout and I'm sure there are unscrupulous people who do that but I generally want to be in the group when the group is enjoying things and I, I think I know people yeah. that I respect that I guess they, that enjoy Patterns war and i want to be with those people but the way the game plays the way we read the rules and was like mm, not so much shooting wins the day activate shoot the and uh, shoot the guys off the table unsavable deaths and the entirely uh, pointlessly mean thing of not having unit limits and then if uh if a unit can't maintain coherency because you put too many guys in it because there aren't any limits, then those guys or the entire unit just dies. It's just so funny. It's yeah, it's, it's petty for no reason and no gain. And it's like, c- come on, Mac.
0: The, the reason is, I bring my infinitely strong archer unit and I shoot your boss off the table turn one, and your whole turn one sucks. Yeah, sure, they die. But I don't care because I've killed your boss and all of his best friends. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean uh, that—that's the other <laughs> thing that you can game it, game, gamey it, game it out, whatever. And like you know, uh, that's 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 probably. And I really hate gamey things in games. Shock of all shocks. Yeah. I know those brainworms in my head are sure are fat and mealy, and uh, yeah, it, it just encourages that. And it's it, it and it is kind of sad with that. I want to be. Yeah. Uh, I want to be in, in the number when the barons come marching and you know
0: yeah and like it's it's a game we both can't see why people enjoy but didn't really click for us unlike say Reality's Edge which just falls in its face constantly just Oh, so many times
1: yeah for everything that reality's edge does in a fun new interesting way it also has a fun it also has a thing where it blunders and falls flat like the guns being essentially the same Mm -hmm. Uh, but hacking being so cool yeah hacking being so cool but also featuring silly stuff like hey the hacking avatars have to use doors Uh, uh, there's there's always there's always some small thing that's getting in there and making the game too onerous to do like the thing we mentioned in teenage mutant not a test uh it's uh, like when you don't really have that many character upgrades it's a lot easier to track stuff because <laughs> because uh like say eclipse phase which so says hack your brain and like uh, the Reality is I just hack everything because your character can have upgrades on his legs and upgrades on his arms and oh upgrades no my on knife turn my knife off yeah yeah and this is my uh, via, it's my Bluetooth enabled knife which is about as hard as hard harsh criticism of like you know Internet of Things as uh, hardwire island could master, oh yeah put the hardwire island mention in this
0: <laughs> it's bingo yeah
1: yeah one day we're going to make a really expensive, an expensive set of bingo cards for uh, our own podcast because everybody has to do that so so so, 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 so yeah we wish reality uh, reality's edge was better because it tries to do new things in the yeah. cyberpunk sphere it tries to update the tropes to be more modern like you know with with uh, uh, not, not at will employment with gig economy the mercenary precariat the uh, yeah. bitcoins though it doesn't really interact much with bitcoins being nonsense they're just money by any other name Yeah,
0: it's, 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 it's like all these games we see stuff we'd like to like in them and then it's just behind so much craft that at a certain point why are we digging through this to, like sure, I can, I can dig through this mound of crap to get gold, or I could just go and pan in the river where it's nicer and I'm sitting in a riverbank. Gold sometimes appears more uh, enjoyable.
1: <laughs> to give a more mainstream reference and stuff, the way I looked at 40k's crusade rules seem really nice and interesting and more flavorful than, than say, some rules in Necromunda and stuff. Unfortunately, they are rules written for 40k, k a game I... <sighs> and discussed in the previous edition and which hasn't done anything to endear me to it since. So yeah, this So is- anyway,
0: Dan, we're gonna bring in a new final Nishi. We're gonna have the hosts best game that we reviewed, and I want to know what yours would be.
1: Surprise, surprise category, ha-ha! Oh, man, I wasn't ready for this at all. Uh, I'm, I, I'm being held at, held at gunpoint, which is impressive uh, because Castle uh, is three continents away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if it's recentism. I, uh, I don't know if it's just recentism or, uh, like, no you know, I, I, rem- I, I don't remember others, but I, I've been very impressed with muskets and tomahawks. <laughs> Like it, it does so many things so well, and it's like you know, I'm an infinity head. I can I can see about thirty painted miniatures and twenty unpainted from where <laughs> I'm sitting. But Musket and Tomahawk is like, I don't know if these games probably impressed me so much, much the most with its design decisions. Just like uh, Infinity impressed me back when when I only knew about forty k. Uh, so yeah, it does so many good got so many things well and so many things should be stolen from it when you're making your own game. So, Cass, to turn this back on you, what is your own favorite game of those that we reviewed?
0: Oh, so it's a toss-up. It depends on the day you ask me, but it's, it's Pulp Alley today. Yeah. And yesterday it was Carnival, but yeah. between those two, because they're both cool settings you don't see a lot of in this space, they both have really fun ways to play the game, and they're both really respectful of your time and how long it takes to set up, build a faction, play a game. Um, neither of them have much you could cut away mechanically to improve them, and honestly, combining them would be very, very fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with I totally agree with your choices. Paul Pally was a surprise sleeper hit of uh, like a, a game for this podcast.
0: Yeah, and like Carnival just looks great. I've got a bunch of training for it. The factions are all really fun. Um, it's just a, I fucking loved Assassin's Creed It's back in like Assassin's Creed Two Brotherhood, Black Flag days, and having a game that does that. <laughs> now there's boats. Oh man oh man, what else guess- do you want from your games? Please present it to me in a 500-word essay under yeah. our latest Twitter post. Because I don't know what what you want from a game that Carnival doesn't offer that's not like a larger scale of gaming. Like, if you want a skirmish game for gangs, Carnival has nailed that. Or Pulp Alley has also nailed that differently. And Pulp Alley is like much worse than, like, you know, 30s till today. And it's just, oh, they're both so good.
1: Or do what I what I try to do with any rules agnostic game, and immediately start thinking of how I could play Warhammer stuff in it. <laughs> you
0: did. You brought a space marine. That's very funny.
1: Ah, uh, that I did. <laughs> so all yeah,
0: right. that,
1: I that, think that, this was um yeah yeah that that, All right, this 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 is this was a really good way to look at the whole year of uh, podcasting casting that we did from a from I guess the perspective that actually birthed this podcast, like looking into indie miniature war games. I wonder if we can start calling this indie because like miniature miniature war games or smaller or non mainstream miniature war games is a bit clunky as a phrase, uh, sound uh, off in yeah. the comments, I, uh, right. SEO I think optimized articles about to GW too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Like yeah.
0: compared to the billion dollar elephant in the room that is GW. Everything we've covered is indie, indie, indie. Like,
1: oh, it's indie compared to Privateers Press and even Mantic and stuff. The the furthest ah. we've strayed from it is probably Infinity. Though you can say, yeah. like, uh, oh, TT Combat releases like eight games a year or something. But Yeah, I, I
0: think, like, I, yeah, just like, there's like the Privateer Press Malfoy weed level. Like I would, I would honestly put it, uh, CB on there as well for scale. Yeah, and then four thousand miles above that in the, a- in the upper atmosphere is is GW. It's like wizards of the Curse. they just they're not. In, they're the, yeah, it's they're not, enormous fish. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, it's not. Uh, we're not talking about different leagues here. It's almost an entirely mm. different game at this point. The way they yeah. have money and like uh, the market share they've conquered, but like but hey, they're all in these compared to that. <laughs> yep. Yep and but hey you listen to us despite or or whatever the existence of our catchphrase or a uh, slogan and stuff though so we do have a
0: if we've missed something you know like book back this year we'd love to hear about it um email us tweet us add us um yeah. Reply us us um
1: look you guys made us reviewed Paul Pally and we are very thankful for that it uh, wouldn't have been possible if not for some dedicated folks uh, talking at, uh, talking at us on, uh, on Twitter and even in the less unholy but still an unholy place the comments on the under my blog so like you know if you are carrying the torch for some game that nobody else plays despite it really be, being really new and evocative and stuff hey ping us and we might ping that game we don't promise that we're going to be nice and cool about that game because like you know the game has to stand on its own merits but yes mm. we would love to hear about games we haven't heard of
0: yeah like we're always always excited by these things um yes like, more contemporary stuff would be fun like looking back is neat but like what's happening today is much more interesting to me um
1: yeah yeah but uh next year we're gonna have quite we're gonna have a, a few old games i have one game that nobody hopefully remembers and stuff but that, that, that i'm that i'm twitching uh <laughs> with anticipation to inflict on casa and everyone else uh we also have some we also have some older games that you know died but still did interesting stuff and were interesting in their own right and it would be interesting to look at them and stuff so and we'll also be covering new indie hotness and uh, coldness i guess <laughs> invariably yeah
0: we're covering one new game next week that's super exciting yeah horribly
1: <laughs> yeah 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 the, it's one of those games that again uh, the people uh, recommended to us
0: They're in taste maker
1: so yeah, this has been today and for a year already. Fortified niche. I am your podcast. I'm your podcast host, JC Dent, and as always, my f- faithful po- podcast co-host, without whom this podcast wouldn't even exist, and even if it did, it would be yeah. a much uh, sadder, dumber place. Casa <laughs> woo.
0: Yeah, Woo. and the best co-host, best host award goes to you. Aww,
1: Aww. I hope I crushed so many other guys. <laughs> 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 so yeah, it's it's been a blast. It's been a pleasure, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. P.S. We would also like to thank uh, people who worked directly on this podcast in some sort of uh, capacity and uh, helped us make it w- what it is today. So first of all, our editor, Surf who cuts out all the awful stammering and cat farts so that, are, that happen in the background. We'd be uh, we, we wouldn't be podcast without him. I, I will not edit my own voice. You can't pay me enough to edit my own voice. Uh, I, I, I'm a writing man. I'm I'm not audio editing. So thank you so much, Surf.
0: Amazing intro intro by Bevan Tantu who does like actual official TV show stuff. Like he does a lot of stuff on for big networks in Australia, which is wild to me. Um, yeah. So he, that was super cool for him to do that. I I love our
1: intro. Yeah, our our intro and outro are certified bangers. I think at least one person was interested in listening into our podcast just based on the fact that we have EDM, as he he called it, on it. And uh, we should also thank... I don't even know how to call her at this point. Christina Iragana, I guess, who, who is the artist that made our podcast art. She, she is a great illustrator. She did the, the uh, best uh, 30K TikTok. About kissing your primer straight on the mouth. Uh, So yeah, look her up on the look her up on Twitter. That's Christina Iragana. You'll find her. Uh, She does amazing illustrations. Throw some money her way. We also keep throwing. We also keep attempting to throw money her way. Uh, Yeah, um, uh, our logo is cool and nice, and it's all because of her mad skill.
0: Yeah. Love our logo. Love our music. Love our editor. Um, yep, yep. And all the all the publishers and developers that have like taken a chance and giving us a copy of the game. I like, can't thank yeah. them enough. Um, happy to buy things. Happy to get stuff for free and give it a quick look. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're just two dudes operating out of essentially a basement
1: and a spare bedroom. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. not even the spare bedroom. This is my bedroom. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again. Uh, this has been a blast, and it wouldn't have been possible without the people who help us make this.
0: Yeah, and everyone else—family, friends, supporters, influencers, yep.
1: And listeners. And you. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Keep listening. Keep recommending it to your friends. Keep adding us on Twitter. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Can't. Can't thank you enough for listening and making yes. it such a cool and fun thing to do.
1: Yeah. Thank you, guys and you're the real Nishi's winners yeah (laughs) hot I'm doing the small K-pop heart with my two with my two fingers and stuff Kase is doing the big one Uh, yeah thank you all and uh, let's do this again in a year
0: yeah we'll see